Well, hello. As Colin said, my name is Damlora, and I'm going to be taking us through the next installment of our sermon series. We have been in a series called Songs on the Frontline, where we have been journeying through the book of Psalms, and tonight we continue with that. Through this series, we've had an overview of the book of Psalms. We have looked at thanksgiving, intercession, lament, and tonight we look at freedom. Before we go any further, let us pray. Lord, thank you that you are here with us by your spirit. Thank you, spirit of Jesus, that you are here to do the same work that he did while he was on earth and that he is still doing through you. You are here to set us free. Lord, I pray that you would open and touch and ready every heart for your word and that by your word, you would propel us into a new lease of life. Lord, would we leave this place and leave chains behind us? Would we leave this place and leave patterns of thinking, patterns of behavior that hold us down behind us? Would we leave this place full of joy because of who you are and what you've done for us? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wonder if there are any regular dreamers in the house tonight. We all dream, but not all of us remember our dreams. I think I fall in the semi-regular dream category. I wonder what for you your most recurrent dream is if you are a dreamer. I'm going to share with you what my most recurrent dream is, and you will probably think particular things about me after this, so please do feel free to pray for me after I tell you what my most recurrent dream is. You see, my most recurrent dream is that I am on the run for fear of my life. And in these dreams, there are bad guys, they're coming after me, they're coming to get me. Whether it's a hang-up from a movie I watched when I was five years old, I don't know. But in these dreams, I am running and running for my life, and that's it. So that's what's going on, high adrenaline situation. And now, there is one thing about these dreams that I would hold on to if I could and transfer it into my real life. The rest of it, I'm very happy to be done with when I wake up. But the one thing that I would keep in these dreams is my acrobatic moves, because they are mad. You see, dream me knows how to jump over fences and scale over buildings. She knows how to come at bad guys with her left hook. It's a mad thing. She, she really knows how to stay alive. I think regular me would just turn around and say, do you know what, let's get this over and done with, kill me now. But dream me is like, ain't no way. She is pulling out all the moves to stay alive. And I really rate that. But I'm very happy to leave all of that behind because the backdrop to these killer moves is that I'm actually in fear of dying. And much as it would be nice to be extra flexible and bust these cool moves, I'm really happy when morning breaks and I have that moment between night and day when I'm rising in consciousness to the new day and I think, yo, do I need to like go under my bed? Are the bad guys still around? And I'm like, no, it's a dream. It's over. It's gone. There are days that we wake up from dreams and we are met with relief that all that we'd imagine is gone with the night. But there are other days we wake up and we have that moment between night and day as we're stirring into consciousness and we're like, yo, 
is everything okay? Was that a dream? And there are other days we wake up and we find that we are living in the nightmare of our worst imaginings. The worst thing that we fear is actually breaking forth around us. Now, as we come to our psalm today, we're going to be in Psalm 18. So please do feel free to turn there if you have a Bible with you or a device that has a Bible on it. As we're in Psalm 18, we come to meet David and we meet him in both of these states. The latter state is the one that he is living in until this moment. Because unlike me with my dreams, David is actually on the run. David is on the run from King Saul who is coming after him for his very life. And he's needing to look over his shoulder all the time for an impending danger that is just around the corner. So for years of David's life, he wakes up and the nightmare is in fact his reality. But on this day, the day that we meet him at in Psalm 18, he wakes up and the terror is over, the night has passed, and he is finally free. And so, as we come to these words from Psalm 18, more than to just hear these words, I would love it if we could each enter into this experience. So I'm going to read from Psalm 18. Feel free to follow along or if it will help you enter the experience better, you might just sit and listen. You might in fact close your eyes and we'll go into what David is experiencing. Now I'm going to read 19 verses of this chapter. There is going to be lots of dramatic tension to go along with the ride. Are we ready? Psalm 18. For the choir director, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. He sang, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the mountains shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds. Thick clouds shielded the brightness around him and rained down hail and burning coals. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and burning coals. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. Great bolts of lightning flashed and they were confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. 
He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. So you see, as we go through the journey of this psalm, we start out in this place of praise, of jubilation. We go down into the depths of this experience and we come out on the other side because David has a song of freedom, a song of rescue because of what God has done for him. And as we go through the journey of this psalm, you can nearly taste the relief on his tongue. Now, as I said, I don't just want us to hear these words. I want us to enter into this experience. So humor me for a moment. I would love it if we could each take a deep breath when I say go. So we know we breathe in through our noses. We exhale through our mouths to hold this breath for four seconds as I motion with my fingers and to exhale on four. Are we done? Thank you. Okay, so go. feel that relief feel that relief and father in the name of Jesus in this time would we breathe in of your spirit would we take in what you have for us and by the working of your spirit on the inside of each and every one of us would you expel from us all that is not of you all that keeps us from life in your presence, God. Would you come and set the captives free? In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'd love to walk us through, for us to really understand the relief that is felt in this moment, I'm gonna call out particular things from David's experience that help us understand just how momentous this moment is in his life. But before we do that, I'd love it if each of us could take a moment to address before God where it is that he might be seeking to bring us into freedom. So right now, as you're sat on your seat, Just take a moment to ask God where he's seeking to bring you into freedom. Now, I'm going to keep speaking, but let that be a conversation that continues all throughout this talk. Now, there are four things in particular I'd love to draw your attention to that God frees David from in this moment. The first of these is danger. You see, it's not hard to understand why, because we've seen a bit of the backdrop that David has been running for his life. Imagine what that must have been like to have every moment tainted by the fear of the enemy being just around the corner, ready to pounce on him at any moment. He knows many, many days of successfully avoiding his enemy, but he never knows when he wakes to meet a new day if this is the day that his enemy is finally going to catch up with him. 
Now, ordinarily, I would have said that this is something that's really difficult for us to understand in our Western bubble of comforts. Many people across the face of this world live with this sense of danger in their surroundings, in their environment, but you and I are relatively shielded from all of that. And yet there is something in this past year that has brought this experience of danger closer to home. And that is, of course, the big C. COVID has brought our fragility, our mortality up close. And I wonder if there are people here, people watching, who even now as restrictions ease and things change and they seem to be going back to normal, there is still a lingering sense of a fear of danger. We've had to live with an invisible enemy that we've not been able to quite put our finger on and yet have been aware that is around us all the time. And that does something to you on the inside. So if you're here and you're dealing with that, I want you to know that the David who expresses freedom to God has experienced something of that. And he's known this God to set him free. And the same God is here to set you free. He's with you wherever you are to set you free. But perhaps for you, it's not fear of COVID. Perhaps it's in a living situation where there is, you're in an abusive environment or a toxic environment. Perhaps it is with um, your work and there is something about the dynamic there that just makes you feel unsafe. Something in your life that makes you look over your shoulder as it were for fear of security, seeking comfort. The same God who sets David free is still in the business of setting all captives free. So do hold on to that if that is relevant for you in this moment. Another thing that David knows freedom from is freedom from a weight, a crippling weight of responsibility. And to understand this a bit further, I'm going to take us to 1 Samuel chapter 30. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30, you see it's not just that David is on the run himself. He does have a band of men with him. He has a band of about 600 men um, who come to him for various reasons, either because they believe in him, they feel like he's the underdog and he's unfairly being hounded by this powerful king, or they themselves are outcasts from society and they find in David um, a ruler, a leader that they can get behind. So David has these men with him. They usually go out on missions and they keep their family and their possessions behind. And they have at this point a bit of a refuge in a city called Ziklag. And so the men leave their wives, their children, their possessions behind. The little that they have with them, they leave them behind at Ziklag and they head out on a mission and they come back. And yet when they come back to Ziklag, they find that Ziklag has been burned to the ground, that their families have been carted off, and all of their possessions are gone. I wonder if you've ever been in a situation where it's felt like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, that there is literally nothing else that can go wrong, and then something else goes wrong. That is precisely what David is in the midst of in this moment. And this is a huge thing for him personally. But because of his position, because of his responsibility, he doesn't even get to mourn the fact for himself just cause. Here from verse 6 of chapter 30, why? 
says, David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. David experiences a further moment of tragedy, but before he can even shed a tear for his own loss, he's needing to watch his back from the very men who are with him. Think of what it is that he experiences in that moment of his entire world crashing down on him. Maybe you are here and you can relate. And so in this psalm, in Psalm 18, this is one of the instances that David is praising God for deliverance from. From this burden of responsibility, not just over his life, but the lives of other people. I know that for myself, I mean, it's less intense than for David, but being a firstborn in my household, are there any other firstborns in the building? Yeah, yeah, God bless you and you and you. May we each receive the healing that we need to live full lives. That there is something of having a weight of responsibility of being a firstborn. And this changes from household to household. It's pretty intense if you're a Nigerian. Um, But maybe for you, it's something different. Maybe it's a position you have at work or a different position you have in your family or in your friendship group, which means that there is a weight of responsibility on you, but not just a general weight of responsibility, a weight that feels like it is crushing out your very life. Know that the same God who sets David free is here to set you and I free. So David experiences freedom from danger. He experiences freedom from this crippling weight of responsibility and the expectations that others place on him. He also experiences freedom from jealousy. You see, it's Saul's jealousy that has put him in this position in the first place. David is going about his life, minding his business, trying to step out on a prophetic word that God has given him about what his destiny is. And rather than for everything to fall into alignment as he would have thought with what God has said, it starts off good, it starts off great. He kills a giant along the way. And then soon after this, he is running for his life. I wonder if you have ever felt the crushing rage of somebody else's jealousy coming for you, choking out your joy and enjoyment in your own life. I imagine for all of us here that we fall on either side, if not both of this experience, either feeling the insecurity, the projections of others coming after us, as David does here, Or perhaps it's our insecurity that comes to the fore when somebody else is stepping in to what they're meant to be. We might feel forgotten, left behind, and we take that against them. I can say that I have experienced both sides of this. There's nothing to be ashamed of in that per se. It's just worth recognizing it. And yet knowing that God can free from this as he does for David. David experiences fear from jealousy. And finally, the fourth thing he experiences freedom from is fear. Now we've touched on that somewhat with the fear of danger. But fear takes on so many forms. Fear of failure. The fear that what God has said might not actually happen because his present experience looks so far from what has been promised. 
fear that stops him being able to enjoy even the moments of joy that come on his way because there is this overarching sense of doom that is swallowing his life, his experience. Can you relate? See, Colin mentioned anxiety earlier in the ministry time, and I do believe that God is seeking to bring freedom from anxiety, this insidious force that rears its head at the worst of times, at the times when you most hope to be free from it. It comes and it seeks to stake a claim. But in the name of Jesus, the captives are going free tonight. So we see what God saves David from. And do continue to hold out before him what it is that he might want to bring freedom to in your life. Because that's what he is in the business of doing. And yet we are going to change gear a little bit at this point. And we're going to go to another moment in David's life. And here we are in the book of 2 Samuel. We're in chapter 11, and in 2 Samuel chapter 11, we see David, and it's a few years on from this moment of praising God from deliverance. He no longer is needing to watch over his back for the enemy around him, and he is in his palace enjoying the luxury of the promises that God has fulfilled to him. And usually at this time of year, it's spring and kings normally go to war. But you know what? David's had enough of his fighting days. He's had quite a lot of that from being on the run from Saul. So he decides to chill back, to stay at home, to let his men go off ahead. And while he is at home, he sees a woman bathing when he's out on the roof. He desires her and so he goes after her. I want you to consider with me what is happening in that moment. David wants something, he goes after it, and he gets it. Is David free in this moment? You see, by the definitions of our society and the world that we live in, to a large extent, he is because freedom is to be able to do whatever you want to do. Freedom is to be able to get whatever it is that you desire. And yet here we come by what the paradox of freedom is in David's life and from a biblical understanding. You see, I do believe, in fact, that it was God's desire, and as the psalm expresses, it was God's desire to free David from all of those external enemies, external pressures that were coming about his life. But it was also true that it was when David was most beset by external enemies that he was most propelled into the presence of God. And it is, in fact, in the moment when the external enemies are gone, when David gets that which he'd been longing for, been craving for for so long in the wilderness, after the initial moment of thanksgiving, of breakthrough, there comes a time when another enemy rears its head. So yes, we have on one side considering that we're free whenever we get to do whatever we want to do. 
But you see, the twist here is that a biblical understanding of freedom is not just doing whatever you want to do, but doing that which you are made to do. You see, it's not freedom for a whale for you to draw it out of the water and to set it on a height so that it might fly. That is not freedom for a whale. Neither is it freedom for an eagle for you to submerge it into water and to let it have its way. Those things do not lead to freedom at all. You see, there is a paradox of David experiencing the most freedom when he knows the most trouble. And so in this psalm, the moment where David is most free is not even when he claims the victory of over his enemies as the psalm goes on. We instead find it in the opening words of this psalm. What is freedom, real, true, deep freedom for David? Verse 1 of Psalm 18, David says, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. You see, we all come under the influence of something or someone as we go over the course of our lives. And yet for David in this moment, he experiences the peak of freedom, not only because his enemies have been done away with by the wondrous power of God, but because in this moment, through this experience of being beset by enemies, David has been driven to a point where his desire is towards God. His desires are turned in the right direction towards his maker. He's experiencing life in the presence of God. And yet, our desires are not only towards our maker and our experience of this world. And yet, falling under the influence of desires that are not towards God leads to the opposite of freedom. Hear these words from the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 12. He says this, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, doesn't that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. You see, it is one thing on one hand for God to deliver us from our external enemies. And as I've said, and will continue to say, that is a good thing. If you answered in the affirmative to any of those four categories that I called out earlier, do know in earnest that God desires to bring you freedom. 
But the freedom that is available to us in Jesus is not just freedom from external pressures, from external issues. In fact, because of Jesus, we can know freedom in the midst of these things as we turn towards him. But see, Jesus has also come to set us free from an internal enemy. That which robs us of life in God and instead enthrones us as Lord in our own lives. It is the wicked power of sin that turns us away from that which was our original natural form. To live lives that are turned towards God in love and adoration and instead turn us towards ourselves. See, the thing about sin is that it feels, it can feel like an exercise in freedom. But sin is not just a way of living that we can commit to. It is also a spiritual power that seeks to control us. And as we make decisions that are turned towards self, towards sin, what feels like freedom actually becomes a slave driver over us. And we become more and more and more entrenched in a life that is leading away from death. I saw a particular example of this this week. I was browsing online and I came across the story of a mother who said this, that day, someday this past week, marked the anniversary of her daughter's death from a drug called fentanyl. And so she posts the story of her daughter's death every single year in order that somebody else, someone else's life might be saved. And in the post, her daughter is recounting a call from her dealer. And her dealer is offering her a new hit of this drug. And he's got a fresh batch. And she, um, she records her internal monologue. And she's like, do I want to say yes? to more estrangement from my family and more disappointing my children and more cutting myself off from my friends. Is that what I want to say yes to? And she goes through the destruction that this force is leading, leaning in her life, unleashing in her life. And yet it all ends and she still says yes. Why? Because there's something in her that's been overpowered She is exercising freedom, and yet it is not a freedom at all. I do believe that God wants to minister not just to the external, but to the internal. And so I'd love you, like we did earlier on, to take a moment to ask God, what is it of the enemy within that he is seeking to free you from right now? See, this is not something that we're rid of just when we become Christians. This is something that we need to continue to go to God for. Why is that? You see, the spirit does live in you if you are a Christian. And you are under the influence of the spirit. But your former master, sin, rears his head trying to stake a claim in you again from time to time. And so what we do with that is we don't just sit and navel gaze with it and lament it on its own. We take it to Jesus. So let's just take a moment to ask Jesus what it is that he's seeking to free us from. And if you're here and you're not a Christian, if you're watching, you're not a Christian, I'd encourage you to do this all the same and see what you end up with. Jesus, what is it of the enemy within that you want to break me free from right now?